Father, we thank you for this moment, God. We thank you that you are so awesome. We thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you that you are real. You're alive. You're not just a statue. You're not just stuck in a building. You're everywhere. You are in us. You are around us. Father, we thank you that you are limitless. And so today, God, as we hear your word, I pray that the limitless power of God, the limitless grace, the limitless abounding love of the Father, Lord, would begin to flood our hearts. Every single person, whether they were dragged in here or whether they came in voluntarily, God, that they would not leave this place without encountering your love. And Father, I pray for every person in this room, or that is hearing the sound of my voice, oh, that your heart would be reconciled to God. Today in this moment that your heart would be awakened unto righteousness that your heart would be awakened to Jesus Christ in this room in God's name we pray amen so as a church you know um, I really um, feel like we've, we've, we've we understand the presence of God I've taken uh, two three years now to to teach about the presence, about the word, and we, we have a value for the presence of God and, and, and the word of God. Uh, and today I want to uh, introduce not so, uh, not, a, not a new value system, it's, it's a part of us. We, we do it, but it's not being preached, it's not being taught. We practice more than we preach, isn't that, a, isn't that awesome? Like love, for example, we don't preach love, we just love. Right? So the, the, the third value that, that really I want to, want to introduce uh, from today onwards uh, is we, we value God's presence, God's word, and God's people. Yeah. All right? so, so this teaching is really an introduction into uh, creating a high value for God's people. Okay? So yeah, you're clapping, right? You're clapping for yourself, sweetheart. Come on. You value yourself. That's right. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, huh. We're valuing people, right? Who are, you, who are you clapping for? Yeah. Nice, nice. Very good. Come on. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you, some other revivals in, in the world that we see on TV are really coached revivals. They, they, they get the camera ready. I've been in them. I've been in those services. And they get the camera ready, and it's three, two, one, and then, hey, everybody is ready. It's like, mm, switch the button on, revival. No, 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 no. That's not revival. When you uh, allow the word of God to quicken your heart, you are revived into life. And you are revived into joy. You are revived into peace. You are revived. You, nothing can stop you, man. Nothing can tell you you must do this or you must do that. The Holy Ghost will do everything for you. That's what it means to be in revival. You know. But, um, but I really want to start introducing this because our language will start changing. Uh, when we talk about a value for people. You know, we, we have the alabaster, uh, we have a compassion ministry that does the alabaster, and we've, we've blessed so many people, families in this, in this church because we have a value for people. Jesus, when, uh, I've, I've started preaching, okay? So Jesus, <laughs> when, when, um, 
When the, the, when the Pharisees asked him about the, the, the greatest commandment, he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind. And then he says, then the second one is like the first one. You know that? You know what I'm talking about? He says, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. So there's a three-part love thing happening over there. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, right? So there's one part. And then you shall love your neighbor as yourself, which means you've got to love yourself in order to love your neighbor. Which means loving God, loving yourself, and loving your neighbor is all the same. I think you've missed me. Huh? You're getting it. You understand. There's a, there's a, there's a three-part thing that now I feel like when we add this value system, it sort of completes us, makes us godlike. When we add this value into our life personally, it will begin to really complete us and make us like God. Are you okay? So uh, Bill Johnson really uh, says, he, he, not really, he says, <laughs> Bill Johnson made, makes a statement in the context of worship. Uh, he says, you cannot worship God past your love for people. Which means you come into an environment like this and what we call worship is we sing to God and we, and we worship him and we do all of that kind of stuff. And if we don't love our neighbor who's standing next to us doing the same thing, that means that worship is not really worship. See the word love when Jesus was preaching, uh, he, he did not preach in Greek or Hebrew, he preached in Aramaic. And the word love in Aramaic means to find pleasure in. So whenever Jesus is saying, you shall love the Lord your God, he's saying, you shall, you shall take pleasure in God. And then when he says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, he, which he's try, what he's trying to tell us is, you should take pleasure in yourself. And if you take pleasure in yourself, now you can take pleasure in someone sitting next to you today. Well, today's message, today's message is really not for your neighbor, it's for you. So the title of my message today is The Glory Revealed, okay? So I would love for you to go to the book of Romans, chapter 8. And we're, I'm going to take you on a phenomenal journey now. And your, your attention, your active participation throughout the message will really show you how much value you are adding to yourself, all right? Amen. Amen. Right, so verse 1. There is therefore now... No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. But I want to read it again. There is therefore now, say now. now. Not before. Now. 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 There is therefore now. No condemnation. If you're sitting in this room today and you are feeling condemned in any way, I want you to know that there is therefore now no condemnation. Do you know what it means to be condemned? It means you are judged with a judgment. Like if I, if I say, like we quote, we say these things very lightly. Go to hell. We're condemning a person to hell. 
Paul is saying, there is therefore now no condemnation. We, we say to our family members, go to, go to hell, man. Go to, go to, go to, go to. Get lost. Have you heard of that? When people tell me get lost, I'm like, dude, I know my way around Dubai. <laughs> I was lost, but now I'm found. <laughs> Dubai was lost, but now I found Dubai. Do you understand? You can't make these statements when you know that there is therefore now no condemnation. Just remember the context is people. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are... So it's a position. Say position. position. The Bible says that when you got saved, you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that your, that your sins have been washed completely and you are made white as snow. So the so blood of Jesus cleanses us of all unrighteousness and it cleanses us of all sin and the reward of sin, which is death. Okay? Which means... The penalty of death is something that you don't have to pay. The wages of sin is? Right. So which means for a person to die, there is a wage called sin. Uh, there's, this, there's a wage of sin that they're paying. Please, just listen to me. The way to heaven is not death. The way to heaven is Jesus Christ. Okay, so here, when you get saved, all your junk that was in your trunk has been washed away, your car has been cleaned, you are a brand new creation, the old is gone, and behold, the new has come, and you, there is now nothing that can separate you from God, all right? And so now, there is no voice on the outside of you that can condemn you. Please listen to me very carefully. Before Jesus Christ, the law used to condemn you. The law used to convict you and, and, and condemn you. And then Satan and his band of devils used to come and destroy you. Listen to me very carefully. The Bible says about the devil is that God created the devil to destroy. He created the destroyer to destroy. Which means his responsibility is to destroy but he has to have a case. If you are living under the law, the law will always condemn you saying you are not good enough. And when, he, when you believe you are not good enough, now you're opening the door for him to attack your life. Do you understand? Now Paul is saying no condemnation. Which means that externally on the outside of us, no matter what anybody says, no matter what the law says, no matter what the devil says, no matter what any mom, dad, auntie, uncle, whoever, no matter what anyone says, it has no effect on you. Why? It's because you are now absolutely clean before God. Every you have been, Jesus has set you free from the curse of sin and death. Somebody shout amen. 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 Right. So now, no one can condemn you. Except yourself. I'll tell you how. It says 
Therefore now there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Listen to this. Who do not walk according to the flesh. But according to the spirit. Which means if you walk according to the spirit, no condemnation. If you walk according to the flesh, even though you are in Christ Jesus, you can be condemned. Come on, I made you feel really good about yourself and now all of a sudden I've given you the choice. Just remember, choice is powerful and God empowers you to make good choices. He doesn't come and make the choices for you. He allows you now to make the choice. Are you listening? There is no condemnation from God, from the law. If you are in Christ Jesus, please listen to me. If you are in Christ Jesus, which means you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, nothing and no one can condemn you. But if you choose, even though you are in Christ Jesus, you can choose to live in the flesh. You can choose to, to if you're in the flesh, you'd be, you'd be like, no, I'm no good, you know, I, I, I have nothing good in my life. I'm a sinner. When you start making statements like that, you are choosing to live in the flesh. Do you understand? When you're in the spirit, when you're living according to the spirit, now you live such a free life that, there's, that, that the life that, that God wants you to live, you live by grace and not by your own works. Do you understand? And so Paul is saying, he's saying, those who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So which means every time I am in Christ Jesus, I'm, I come under a law. And that law is fulfilled by Jesus Christ. Are you listening to me? Every time I'm in Christ Jesus, there's a law that Jesus Christ has fulfilled. The blessing of that law now begins to flow through my life. And starts making an impact on everything else around me. Do you understand? You sure? You don't sound like it. Do you? No, seriously, if you don't understand, let me know. And I will, I will take my time on this point. Because you, this has the ability to set you free. Just this, understanding this, will set you free. Man, there's no condemnation. You know, growing up, I used to hear words like, oh, you're useless. Never do anything good in your life. Naughty fellow. <laughs> they say rascal. You know, all, you know, see, these words, <laughs> although, they, although they sound funny, but they're words of condemnation. That, and if you believe, I, I grew up believing that I was good for nothing. So every time I wanted to do something, nothing came out. <laughs> do you understand? Some of you are still in that place where everything that you put your hand to, nothing really comes out of it. Because deep down on the inside, when you were a child, somebody told you that you're good for nothing. And because of that, you believed it. Everything that you do, either you won't be satisfied in it, or... It just has no fruit. It just ends up being absolutely nothing. Do you understand? Yes. So Paul is saying, 
that the day you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, all those words that were spoken over you were completely canceled. All those words, all those statements, all those bad words. You know, the friends that you used to hang around that used to abuse and you used to abuse them and they used to abuse you and we thought that it was fun. But actually, we're sitting there together laughing, ha, 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 condemning one another. All the F's and the B's and the C's and the D's. Everything all the way to Z. Use all the bad language and then we think that we are... Come to church and pretend... Take communion. And we think that everything is okay. No, no, no. You are choosing to live in the flesh. Oh, come on now. From today, you will watch your mouth. You know, when we, when we get saved, it's like we, we get Christians, people get saved into Christ Jesus and they choose to live an inferior life. You know, Kelsey and I were blessed with a full options patrol, Nissan patrol, and uh, last year. And man, what a car. It's like when you drive on the sand, it's like you're driving on a cloud. And when you're driving on a road, it's like heaven. It's like, it's like, and there was a price that was paid for that patrol, for that car. And when we, it's a full options, I mean, leather seats and really good screen, everything. All, everybody in the car can be entertained, from the front to the back, all of it, right? When you have that, and there's a price that was paid for that car, just imagine if Kelsey and I went into the showroom after getting that car, we went into the showroom and we said, we want to buy a Nissan Tida. <laughs> Nothing wrong with the car. If that's your budget, that's your full options, okay? But for us, that's not our budget because we were given a free car, full options. Beautiful. Like if you sit in it hours, it's like you're sitting in a cloud for hours. But then, because we are fleshy, we want Nissan Tida. And so because of that, we choose to live an inferior life in Christ Jesus. See, when Christ has saved us, he set us free. He brought us into a full options life. He brought us into, into heaven itself. He brought us into a life where, man, you have absolutely no need because he has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. But then we choose to live an inferior life of our old man. We choose to allow that man who died on the cross to still live. See, we need to understand that when we choose to drive the Tida, when we have the Nissan Patrol free, full options, luxury, your conscience will condemn you. You don't need the law to condemn you. The law will say, yeah, yeah buy, buy the car, whatever, man, one, one, two, three, four, help yourself. Have in many cars. Nobody will condemn you from the outside. Do you understand? No one will condemn you now because Jesus has fulfilled everything. Condemnation is completely removed except you, your conscience, knowing that you have a full options, luxurious lifestyle in Christ Jesus, you choose to live in the flesh. 
And your conscience now will begin to condemn you. And I'll say, look at this fellow. He's got it for free. He's living like a beggar. He's got this life, miracle signs, wonders. Christ has opened heaven for you. But yet you choose to struggle in your own choices. And you try to work for your own salvation rather than allow the grace of God to work out your salvation. Do you understand what I'm saying? There is condemnation from your conscience. When your conscience condemns you, ladies and gentlemen, you open a door for the enemy to come and attack your life. I'm thinking you are in Christ Jesus. Why are you being attacked by the enemy? Why are Christians being attacked by the enemy? Why is your finances being attacked by the enemy? Let me tell you something about finances since we're on the subject. You choose... To give like a beggar, hoping that you'll become a king. Do you understand? You don't know who your father is. That's why you give like a beggar. And you hope that you will become rich. When you understand that my father is rich, I am rich. God has given me riches in heavenly places. I give according to heaven. I don't give according to earth. I give according to the spirit and I don't give according to the flesh. You understand? When you come into a place like that, most people struggle in their finances because their conscience condemns them. Your conscience is saying that you are robbing God. Please, don't think I'm talking about, oh, you're not tithing. No, the law is fulfilled. There's no number now. If you still think 10%, you're still fleshy. I'll let that sink in, into your mind right now because it has to set you free. If you're thinking 10%, you should start with 10%. <laughs> Come on now. Because you may not, you may not think to yourself, Oh, you know, I'm robbing God. But your conscience will testify to God and the whole of heaven that you're robbing him. And you wonder why your finances come in in the beginning of the month and one week later it's gone. <laughs> There's therefore now no condemnation, but your conscience can condemn you. But for those who walk, who are in Christ Jesus, to walk in the spirit, there is no condemnation. What does it mean to walk in the spirit? Listen to me very carefully. Walk in the spirit doesn't mean walk, physically walk. Walk in the spirit means the life of Christ is being lived out through me. To walk in the spirit means that the, cry, the life that Christ is living today is living, is being lived out through me today. If you were to look at your life today, would you say that Christ is living through you? Please, please think very carefully. Is Christ, which means... Your life, you, you go through God's word, 
You allow your life to be so scrutinized by God's word. That the old man who was on the cross doesn't even exist. What it means to be alive in the spirit means that when you died with Christ, that man is not struggling on the cross. <laughs> Do you understand? That old man, that old nature, that old behavior, those old choices, those old little hidden sins that you used to do, is not hanging on the cross, they're still struggling to live. Because if you're struggling to live, ladies and gentlemen, be, listen to me very carefully. If you're struggling to live this life, then you're not fully living a Christ life. I want to tell you, Mac Amanda died on the cross. Sam and Sheena died on the cross. Angelo Blanche died on the cross. Muzu died on the cross. Becky died on the cross. I don't know who these people were. But what I know is Christ. Oh, pastor, uh, this is my personality. No, no, I'm not interested in your personality. I'm interested in the character of Christ. Do you understand? What it means to live in the spirit means that God's word is the source of my life. Are you listening? God's word, God's standard for life is, is not my standard. I don't exist anymore. Christ exists in me. The life, the Bible says, I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who lived and died and loved me. Do you understand what I'm saying? If people two years from now come to you and say, man, you're still the same guy. There's a problem. Let me tell you something. The day you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior was the day that you died. Was the day that all your character flaws, everything died. But how, even though you're still a Christian, how are you still making the same mistakes that you did before you got saved? It's because you are allowing the old man who died on the cross to resurrect and come and have power in your life. Are you with me? Yeah. Are we becoming very quiet now. See, that's why I'm saying the standard. I'm, I'm raising the standard. The reason why I'm talking like this is because you have to learn to value Christ in people. If we, if we see, if I'm looking at Deborah and I'm looking at Deborah as to who she is, then I have a problem. Because all I'll see is Deborah the flesh. But if Deborah goes into the background and starts living as Christ is living today, now we know that Deborah is a Christian. Which means she's living to reveal Christ. I'm living my life not for myself anymore. I'm living to reveal Christ. There's, a, there's something on the inside of us when we get saved, when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. I don't live for myself anymore, which means my needs don't matter. 
Come on. Do you understand? We, we believe scriptures like, oh, God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in, 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 in Christ in heavenly places. If you understand how God shall supply all your needs, he's supplying Christ's need. It's no longer I who live. Say it. It's no longer. Huh? It's no longer you. Husbands cannot say, my pastor, she's always like this. Because the wife is, is manifesting the flesh. Christ is sitting in this room. You want to know where? Next to you. <laughs> huh? That man, that husband, that you're sleeping next to every day, huh? in your bed, angry with him, not talking to him, giving the silent treatment, you are giving Jesus the silent treatment. <laughs> Stay silent. Let's see how long you'll survive. <laughs> huh? See, the reason why we don't value people is because we don't see Christ. And the reason why we don't see Christ is because we don't know Christ in us. You're getting it? Huh? Listen. God placed a high value on you. Now, please, I'm a pastor. I have a church. I'm not saying church is not important, okay? But you place more value on church than you yourself. I'll let it sink for a little bit because I think you're shocked. Hmm? You, us, all, okay? When I say you, I'm saying us, okay? We, we come prepared for church because we come to meet God. Problem was, you did not know that God existed on the inside of you, outside of these doors. God placed such a high value on you that he chose you more than this place. Oh, come on. Come on. He chose you, man. He didn't choose the birds, he didn't choose the trees, he didn't choose the mountains, he didn't choose the drum kit. He chose you. Just think, we place more emphasis on family than self. If self doesn't exist, where's family? You know why we put less value on ourselves? It's because we don't know who lives in us. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Man, Christ, God himself chose nowhere else but to live in me. Nowhere else. Which means he values his people so much. So much that he will come and live in you and we treat one another. Oh my God, don't let me start there. Huh? And we come into a place like this and we dress up. We're better. Why? Because we're going to church. Sunday best. 
Friday best, bring an offering, and we, do, we, live, we choose to live like paupers on the outside, malnourish the temple, buy cheap clothes. Please listen to what I'm saying. If you learn to value what God values, oh my God, he will supply all your need. If you learn to change the way you think about yourself, you will understand who's on the inside of you. Man, that temple, every temple in the Bible was adorned with the best. But yet, but yet, we think we are giving God our best when God gave us his best. Only because, listen to me, only because he values you. He values you more than heaven. Come on, man. He left heaven and came. Oh. There's something about you. There's something about you. If you don't wake up now, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> if you don't understand there's a person on the inside, it's a ghost. <laughs> He's a holy ghost. There's a person on the inside. Just listen to me. Just listen. There's a person on the inside of you has his own thoughts. Has his own feelings. But he doesn't force it on you. You can hurt him just by thinking the wrong thoughts. You understand? You, do you understand what it means to live in the flesh? You're living an inferior life when you can live like the son of God. That's why Jesus says, you cannot love God and not love your neighbor. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He gave himself to you so that he can live in you. But the problem is we have an agenda for our life. And we must, God, answer my prayer. God will not answer your prayer. He answers his son's prayers. Why do you think sick people get healed so fast? It's because he's answering his son's prayer in you. If your body is sick and his son is living in you, he values your body so much that he will allow you to live longer so that his son can be manifested through you. Do you understand? I'm hoping that you understand how valuable you are to God. You are valuable, more valuable than all of creation. The most valuable people. People to God are the most valuable asset. More than heaven. More than all the riches. More than all the angels. More than everything. Man, the angels come to you and they look at you as, who is man that you are mindful of him? Do you know what that statement, what they're saying? Who, who is man that you are so mindful? Which means the mind of God is full of you. Ah. Come on, come on, man. There must be something about you. But if you don't value yourself, how do you expect God to bless you? If you don't value the temple you live in, the temple that he lives in, how do you expect him to bless the temple? God, give me a new house. God, give me a new car, give me a new job, give me this, give me that. 
Give me all these things. And he's, he, God is thinking, can you start thinking like Christ? Because Christ is not looking for the next promotion. Christ is not looking for the next job opportunity. He's not looking for the next business opportunity. He's looking for someone that he can manifest his father to. You understand? Your responsibility to, to God is not just live your life and go home. Your responsibility is to reveal Christ. There's a glory on the inside of you. Ladies and gentlemen. It is the glory of the Father. The Bible says that Jesus is the radiance of the Father himself. And that glory is being embedded into you the day you received him as your Lord and Savior. And for some of us, it's been years. John is known more than Christ. We have a problem. We have a problem. If John is exalted more than Christ, here's what I'm saying for those of you who did not come to church when John and Kelsey were not here. You don't know who's in you. You don't know who's in this church. You don't value who's in this church. When you made that choice not to come to the service because John and Kelsey were not here, you forgot Christ in me, the hope of glory. The same Christ that is in you is in the same, is the same Christ that was in Emmanuel preaching the word. That was in Pastor Neil preaching the word. The same Christ that used to be in John, that, that is in John when John used to lead worship, is the same Christ that is in each and every worship leader that is leading worship today. Do you understand? The same Christ. The problem is you don't recognize him because you don't know him on the inside of you. So my question to you is really, are you really a Christian? Do you know the, the sufferings of your job and the persecution of people around you more than you know Christ? Because there's Christ on the inside of you that wants to reveal glory. Jesus says something, he says something really awesome in John 15. He says, unless you abide in me, and I in you, you cannot bear fruit. See, this whole chapter of Romans, Romans chapter 8, is, it, it, says, it, it says this in, in verse 14. Oh, actually, let me read uh, verse 5 for you. For those who live according to the flesh, this is the teeter. Are you listening? Romans 8 verse 5. For those who live according to their flesh, set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, set their mind on things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Let me, let me read it to you in the, the Passion Translation. It's absolutely phenomenal. It will rock your socks. Are you paying attention? Yeah. Verse 5 says, Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. See, when I'm preaching, you have to make a life check. You have to check yourself. Touch your neighbor and say, check yourself. 
don't check me. Check yourself. Yeah. Huh? Verse 5. Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. But those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. For the mindset of the flesh is death. But the mindset controlled by the Holy Spirit finds life and peace. So, uh, peace is not the absence of war. Peace is experienced when Christ is lived out. That's a good word. People say, peace is the absence of war. No, no, no. Peace is not the absence of war. You experience proper peace when Christ is lived through you. Which means Christ has a life. See, you need to understand what he's done. He lived 33 years. He could have lived longer, actually forever. But he cut short his life so that you can live longer. Oh, no, you're not getting it. Not getting it. No, no. You, you understand? He lived 33 years, huh? And then he chose to die for you. So that there's a divine exchange. Your dirty life for his beautiful life. Your cursed life for his blessed life. If there are no curses on you, you will continue to live and live and live and live and live. Do you understand? So there's a, there's a life that Jesus would have lived that you should be living today. Oh... There's a life that Jesus is living today in heaven that only you can live here on earth. Come on, man. I, I'm hoping you get it. He chose to die in your place so that you can live in his place. Oh, come on. Get it. Come on. Come on. You must get this. You must get it. Because you will start appreciating the Christ life in you. See, people think, oh, you know, I want to do the secret little things. I want to, you know, go and have that and do this and do Listen, just stop all that. Because Christ is not interested in that. Christ is interested in manifesting glory. It's more valuable to him today. See, everything that Jesus did while he was on the earth, he came and revealed the Father. He revealed the glory. John says it. I, we have beheld the glory. We have touched him. And we have beheld the glory of the Father. The only begotten. See, Romans chapter 8 is, is, is literally is culminating to this place of sonship. That the glory of the Father will only move through your life if you understand sonship. God you were an outsider. He adopted you into his family so that he can make you a son. You want to live the blessed life? Be a son. <laughs> Let me rephrase it. You want to live the blessed life? Be the son. Be the son. You've got to be Christ. See, a lot of people are trying to, trying to live. Pastor, I'm trying to live for Jesus. I'm trying to live for Jesus. I, I gave my life to him. No, if you gave your life to him, then it doesn't exist. So what are you trying to live for? 
Oh, I gave, I surrendered my life to Jesus. Yeah, great. It's gone. Do you understand? You don't exist. As in, no, no, you do exist, but you know what I mean. You're, that old man doesn't exist anymore. That man who, who can get sick, who can get poor, who can, who can, who can die, who can, who can live a very, like people talk bad and they believe in, that's it. You can live a condemned life or you can live as Christ lives. If you don't understand Christ in you, the life that I now live, I live by faith. I don't live by sight. I live by faith in Christ. Which means that the choices that Christ is making today are the best choices for me. <laughs> the choices that Christ is making for my family are the best choices. Why? It's because Christ doesn't have a family and two kids. Come on. You have it. Are you with me? Listen, Jesus could have done anything he wanted. Man, he, he, he said, if, if I want, I can, I can say to this mountain and it will be cast into the sea. I speak to fig trees and fig trees will wither the root. I mean, he could do anything he wants. But he chose to die. So that you can live. Not just live, but you could live as him. You know, you're clapping. You're clapping for Jesus. Yeah. You're clapping for that, that savior of your soul. You're clapping for the one who is living gloriously through you. When you wake up in the morning, whose voice do you hear? Because if you're hearing your voice, then Christ is not yet living through you. When you're going, before you go to sleep, are you dreaming the dreams that Christ dreams? Or are you dreaming of your next house and your next car and your next business and your next job? Or your next husband, wife, whatever. <laughs> you see how our language changes? We need to come in a place, man, where we really... If you don't value yourself, you don't really know who's in you. We're too, we're, we're too hurt by church. We're too hurt by our businesses. We're too hurt by our company. We're too hurt by my family. Too hurt, too hurt, too hurt. The reason why you're hurt is because your old man is still alive. No longer. We have to get it into our spirit. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. When we live that life, you'll start appreciating everything and everyone around you. Because you realize, man, only when you recognize Christ in you, will you see him in someone else. You're picking it up, huh? Really? Good. Good. Nice. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's only when you live with Christ, when you live as Christ, that you really start recognizing Jesus in people. You know, when the disciples <clears throat> were trying to describe love in the Bible, they had the opportunity of describing love from the Hebrew language. They could describe love from the Aramaic language or even the Greek language. But you know, the, the Hebrew, uh, the disciples, when they were talking about love, especially Paul and John, uh, Apostle John, when, when they started describing love, they did not just look at the definition from language. They looked at Jesus. They described lo love by looking and at Jesus, everything that he did, the way he lived his life, the choices that he made, and they put it into words. Do you understand? When we talk about love, it's not just the definition. When we talk about love, it's a person. It's the choices that Jesus makes. It's the way he is with people. It's the way he is in church. It's the way he worships. It's the way Jesus gives. See, you need to understand that your finances are not yours. Your kids are not yours. <laughs> this church is not mine, man. It's his. The words that you're hearing today is not John's message. It's Christ coming to you. He's speaking to you right now. Yeah. But why am I talking so much about Christ? It's because God values you so much that he gave you his most valuable position. Himself. Think about it. Just think about it. I'm not just preaching a Christian message so that you can feel encouraged and go home. No, no, no. Christ in me, the hope of glory, is encouragement enough. You need to understand how valuable you are to God and what God has in plan for your life. If you think that your plan for your life is awesome, Wait till you hear what he has in plan for Jesus. The plan that he has for Jesus. Jesus said, Father, he said, glorify me. So that I may bring you glory. We've been taught wrong in church. Don't touch the glory. Man, if you don't receive glory, what do you have to give? He says, glorify me so that I may give you glory. There's something about our lives. Do you understand now Christ lives in you? Do you understand how valuable you are? Now let me tell you something else. The whole chapter of Romans 8 is culminating 
to this place of sonship. Because sons are created in such a way that they manifest the glory of the father. Jesus says, if you see me, you've seen the father. My question to you is, when you see each other, who do you see? When you see each other, who do you see? We have a less toleration for the flesh, and it's a good thing. But to balance that, you should have, how do I know, how do you know that you're a son of God? Yeah. But I don't know your relationship. I don't know what you do behind closed doors. Every time I see you, every time we see each other, how, how do we know that you're a son of God? It's a good question, isn't it? We take a lot of things for granted. We take each other for granted. We take Christ for granted in us. How do I know a manifest son? This year, in the beginning of the year, gave a prophetic word that we will begin to see, begin to see the manifestation of the sons of God. You remember that? Yeah. It's really nice that God is bringing it in at the close of the year to see how much of the manifest son is really manifesting in you. Are you manifesting your man, old man, or the new man? See, it, with the Lord, with God, he doesn't, he doesn't require you to trust and then give you responsibility. He gives you responsibility, and through relationship, he builds trust. Do you understand? That's how it works with God. What God has given us is not money and fame and fortune and all that kind of stuff. What he's given us is the most valuable possession, himself. He gives you his word. And when you receive his word as Christ and you choose to live out the word, now you build trust with God. You build trust with God by believing his word and applying it in, his, in, in your life. You know, we've preached message after message, some phenomenal in this place. How much of it would you say you've applied? Because it's important to him. Because he's trusting you with it. We want, give, give, me, give me revelation. Give me deep, go deep. Woo, give me prophetic word. Whoa, prophetic word. You want a prophetic word? Yeah, yeah, change my life, change my life. Yeah, your life was changed, man. The day you died, your life changed. Oh, give me word of knowledge. Word of, you, you, here. How much knowledge do you want? Please, I'm being very, very real to you. 
Because next year, the supernatural is going to really explode over this church. But it'll, wait, 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 wait. Before you celebrate it. But it will only move if you understand who is in you. To understand. Man, Genesis to Revelation is a prophetic word. We leave this and we want people to tickle our ears. Tell us something that, that makes me feel good about myself. Problem is I'm making you feel good about a dead man. If you understand prophecy, prophecy, I'm revealing Christ to you. I'm we need to understand that, that what does my future look like? Not my past. Tell me about my future. Because my future encourages me. It edifies me. It exhorts me. But what is my future? You want to know the prophetic? Ask God about Jesus. Every message that you hear, every sermon that you hear is a prophetic message. It's a prophecy. It's easy for me to come. Trust me. God is speaking to me about world events. I was telling Kelsey today, God is speaking to me about world events that are going to happen in 2019 already. It's very easy. It's not an issue for me to walk into the room and really prophet and give you a word of knowledge. I can. It's not an issue. I've done it before. But what do you value more? Word of knowledge about your past or prophecy about your future? We've got to come into a place, man. I value Christ. Oh, I value his word more than anything else in my life. You've got to come into that place where you value Jesus. Because it's not. If you don't value, he's patient. He will wait till you die. <laughs> not physically, till the old man dies. He will wait. And then Christ will start being revealed through you. The way you will recognize a manifest son, a son of God, is when you see love. <laughs> Romans chapter 8 says, those who are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Jesus says, my word is spirit and it is life. And he says, man, if you, are, if you abide in me, you can only bear fruit if you abide in me. Not in your old self, in Christ. But here's what we think. We think that just because we choose to be nice to people, being nice and love are two different things. Come on now. I'm setting people free. Stop being nice to people. Love them. Find pleasure in the person you are serving. That's love. You know what love is? Love is unconditional, which means that the person that I'm serving, I don't want anything from them. I don't want anything in return. I don't even want them to tell me how good they feel. Come on now. We think that if we do good to people, they, they need to tell me how good, huh, so I can feel, ah, ah, ah. no, that's just rubbish. 
That's not love. That's being nice. Jesus says, if you bear fruit, you will bear fruit if you're connected to me. I know I've been speaking at a macro level, but I just want to, to narrow it down to one thing right now. Just one thing. They will know that you are Christ. If they experience the love of Christ through you. Have you ever gone to a tree that eats its own fruit? Never, right? So which means if you're a tree, you're a branch in Christ and you're bearing fruit, it's never really for you. It's never really for you. So how, how do I know? How do I know? that I am manifesting love. I want you to go to 1 Corinthians 13. And I'll have Josh up, please. If I can have Josh up. Come and do your magic on those strings, man. 1 Corinthians 13. Verse one, though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Sure. And though I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all the mysteries and all the knowledge and though I have all faith so that I can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. This is where you need to really look at yourself. Love suffers long and it is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Love is not provoked. Love thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. For love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. But there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. Verse 11, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. 
I thought as a child, but when I became a manifest son, I put away childish things. For now, we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know, just as I am known. And now abide faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. I want to I wanna draw your attention to one part of this passage. It says, when that which is perfect has come. He's talking about the fruit of love. He's talking about when you've come into a place where the old man is dead and now Christ is being revealed. There's a glory that is being manifested. The book of Romans says, all of creation is longing for the manifestation of the sons of God. Why? Is because there's, there's something about these guys. When I'm talking about sons, I'm talking about men, women, children, everyone. I'm talking about people who, who have left the immaturity of the old man and are maturing into living as Christ. Do you understand? He's saying when that which is perfect has come, which means now you're bearing fruit, the fruit of love. He's saying people around you will start tasting of that fruit. People around you will start saying, man, this guy, every time I come next to him, I experience love. I experience Christ in me. See, we judge people and their actions because we really don't know the Christ in us. But when we know Christ in us, whenever someone loves us as Christ, we're quick to say, that's Jesus right there. That is Christ right there. When you see that, when, when you go out for dinner and that person picks out their pocket and uh, takes out the money and, and they pay for dinner, they know how much is they don't have. But yet they love you and they pay for that dinner. You may not know, but they know. They don't have to tell you they don't have money, but they pay for your dinner. And that's when, that's when you experience. But if you know Christ, you will see the measure of sacrifice. You will experience love like you've never experienced it before. There's nothing else like it on the planet. You can go and drink the best alcohol. You can go to the best clubs. You can buy the best cars. You can live in the best houses. You can live in palaces all you want. But one touch of love will completely set you free. It will completely satisfy you from every longing that you ever had. See, most of us long for Christ, but we don't even know He is in us. But here He's saying, now I know. He's talking about you and me. He's saying, now I know. I'm bearing fruit. I'm just loving people. I don't know. I'm giving. I don't know. 
But all I know is I'm finding pleasure in the one that I'm loving, in the one that I'm serving. I'm finding pleasure in the church that I'm serving. I'm finding pleasure in the sound desk. I'm finding pleasure in the drum kit. I'm finding pleasure on the keyboard. I'm finding, I'm finding pleasure. Why? It's because I'm finding pleasure in you when I serve you. When I spend hours and hours of study and studying Jesus and I want to come and present it to you, I'm coming to present it because I find pleasure in you. It's not because I like doing church, please. Kelsey and I will move easily to another place and live on a farm and we'll be happily ever after. We are content with each other. We just don't need anything. We don't, money is not an issue with us. But the reason why we would do this is not because we want to have church. It's because we find pleasure in serving Christ. Find I find pleasure in giving you the fruit that is called Christ. My hard work, my, my ability to study, my, you know, I tell you, before we went on, on the holiday, I was having 17, 18 hour work days, not just from my office, but church and work together. 17, 18 hours a day. I would walk, we go home, absolutely so satisfied. My God, wow, what a day, God. I experienced you. I felt like, a, I, felt like I, I, I loved on you in people. See, people will feel burnt out in their service when they don't serve Jesus. But when you know you're serving Jesus, you go to your office. Do you think you're serving your boss? No, no, no. You're serving Jesus who actually started the company because of you. No matter what the circumstances, you may, if you truly choose to love your office, you truly choose to love the place that God placed you in, man, they will experience a divine love from you. See, let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. When God, the earth was in chaos, Satan was on the earth. God chose man and put him next to him. Do you understand? The way God kicks the devil's butt is by sending you. Do you understand? There was something about you, man. He thinks the world of you. But what do you think about the person sitting next to you? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Doesn't get puffed up. Love doesn't behave rudely. Love doesn't seek its own. Love is not provoked, especially when you're on the road in the fast lane. Love thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. The reason why I'm getting you to, to celebrate God's word is because that's how love is demonstrated. I'm not getting you to clap for me, man. 
I'm not trying to give you punchlines so that you can come back to my church next week. No, 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 no. If you do, none of you come next week, which is highly unlikely. But if none of you come back next week, my wife and I will be here. You know why? Because Christ in me is the hope of glory. People often, people often think in this church who have, or who have newly come to this church, man, this guy, who does he think he is? Christ in me. The hope of glory. You know why I, we speak the truth? It's because we're free. You know why you love the truth? It's because you're free. Because Christ in you is free, man. He's a free man. For Jesus, love is not a feeling. For Jesus, love is not goosebumps. For Jesus, love is demonstrated. Love is defined less by words, more by action. Love is the choice that you make for the well-being of another. Without seeking anything in return from them. Wow. Man, can you come to church without seeking anything from the pastor? <laughs> now we're talking about love. Do you really love Jesus? If you come into the church, please pray for me. Only you lay their hands. No, no, no. no. You have to stop that. That fleshy stuff. That's, that's childish way of living. Man, let me tell you something. Every single person, every child that has received Jesus as the Lord and Savior is as powerful as the pastor standing here. Do you understand? Do you understand? You take your own hand. Take your own hand. Don't take anybody else's hand. Take your hand. Lay it on, your, on, the, on the place that is sick in your body. Lay it on your finances and just declare life. I do the same thing. There's no rocket science. There's no need to go to school. Just pray in the name of Jesus and Jesus is released. Do you understand? You, you, but we need that guy. I mean, that guy. Only when Prophet Kirby prophesies. Then things will change. No, man. What happened to you? Christ is waiting for you to open up your mouth. Christ is waiting for fathers and mothers to bless their children. Speak blessing over them. Children, parents are, are waiting for their children to say I love you. But children can't, can't even say I love you because they don't know love. They don't know love. And they think that the, the, the responsibility of the parents is to show love. No, no, no. The day you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, love came. And he lives on the inside of you. Man, what an opportunity we have. What an opportunity. Power. 
the power of heaven is on the inside of you the power of heaven he can he you can he can say a word in you he can say a word through your mountains will melt like wax sick can get healed your finances can turn overnight it can turn into prosperity because you understand christ is speaking not me christ is speaking you watch your words now because christ it doesn't talk rubbish christ is not a child anymore he's 33 years old in fact he's 33 and he'll be 33 for eternity oh no as <laughs> some of you need to get that revelation some of you think retirement no 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 christ doesn't retire some of you have been saving up for retirement give it to jesus he does better things with it do you understand christ is ageless he's limitless there's nothing that can hinder him man love personified lives on the inside of you when we choose to love people we love them only when it benefits us we put money in these boxes only when we think god will bless us we don't think god has blessed us that's why we put money in the box we hug people because we think pastor john is looking <laughs> that's the culture of our church we hug everyone but you think that that that's because wow if i don't do this then they they might if i don't come to church then they call me no we don't do stuff like that we hug people because we love them because we embrace them as they are we embrace them for who they are we we allow them to experience the fruit of love just by a hug i'm not saying shaking hands is a bad thing i'm just saying that media especially western mindsets have made hugging a like oh i'm a man like don't like you know like stop it stop it hug love one another You know we're we're going into 2019. We're going to use the next 3 weeks to shed off all the weight of your old man. Yep. The glory that is to be revealed through you and me, ladies and gentlemen, is love. Two thousand nineteen is going to be a lovely year. <laughs> It's going to be awesome, full of love. You know why? Because love's measure is seen in love's sacrifice. You cannot worship God past your love for people. Just imagine, you can't say I love you, Lord, and have a problem. with the guy sitting next to you or someone in the church or having an issue with your husband or wife oof my goodness at least the other guy goes home she comes home with you are you guys okay 
Did you enjoy the word today? Yeah. Let's stand. You did great. You did great.